The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Howdy, everyone. If you enjoy the show, join our free Discord. Link in the description and chat with the cast. Please leave a review and consider joining our Patreon for behind-the-scenes content and more. Tiers start at a dollar, and even that helps us out. To stay up-to-date with episode releases and more, follow us on Twitter at Riftwake Podcast. Good evening, Rifters! This is Rifts and Rules, the 5e D&D podcast where we go through the many 5e books and talk about various rules to enhance your gameplay experience. I'm Remy! Dungeon Master, and a player on the Riftwake podcast. I'm Mitch, a player on Riftwake, and I am eating pudding. <sighs> and today's topic is <laughs> golems! What is a golem? A creepy guy from Lord of the Rings. No, that's, that's golem. Different spelling. I had to do it, I'm sorry. Yeah, they're uh, magic statues or whatever. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I'm curious, do you know about the origin of golems, historically speaking? Uh, Hebrew, ain't it? Yeah, it is part of Jewish folklore, actually. Uh, of, yeah, you know how I know folklore. that? Disney's Gargoyles. Fucking what? Yeah, uh, that's... I don't remember that, that episode. Oh, yeah. I need to rewatch. Yeah. That was a great fucking show. It's on Disney+. Plus. really like that back Dude, they kill so many people on that show and they just glossed over it. <laughs> uh, ah, Alright, I guess I gotta like, rewatch that sooner than later. It's like you're throwing a guy out of a, out of a ship that's above a skyscraper. He ain't walking and away Anyway, anyway, as much as gargoyles are fun, that is not this episode. Maybe the next one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, we can definitely talk about gargoyles at some point. They're, they're pretty neat in D&D too. But anyway, so, historical golem, a creature formed out of a lifeless substance, such as dust or earth, that's brought to life by ritual incantations and sequences of Hebrew letters. The golem, brought into being by a human creator, becomes a helper, a companion, or a rescuer of an imperiled Jewish community. So, that is the historical version. How many types of golems do you think exist in D&D? Six. 
16. Uh-huh, sort of close. Eh, you got a digit right, at least. So, yeah, you're I, right about that. I had a whole syllable right. What are you talking about? I would think a digit would be more relevant. Well, anyway. The point being, there's actually quite a lot of them. So, they go all the way from a CR1 damage flesh golem all the way up to the CR16 iron golem. So there is a real nice amount of variety in types of golems that exist that can be used in a whole lot of different situations in a D&D world. So I don't think that most D&D worlds have a Jewish community, so that aspect of the mythology is not exactly relevant to the D&D side of it. So in D&D, what will a golem be used for? Your pudding is real loud, scraping the cup. Sorry. Uh, guards mostly I would imagine that'd definitely be a good use of them yeah so what kind of things might you have a golem guard your bank <laughs> I mean, if we're gonna play the stereotype oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I mean you're not wrong but they really do make great guards because Besides the regular stat block that they have, you know how sometimes there will be extra things that a creature has that is just written in the description below the stat block? Yeah, like special ability crit. Sometimes, yeah. But in this case, there's a couple of rather interesting details about golems that aren't really in the stat block, but is just in the description below which does irk me a little bit, but I guess there isn't necessarily a better place to put that information. Uh, anyway, construction of a golem begins with the building of its body, requiring great command of the craft of sculpting, stone cutting, ironworking, or surgery. Sometimes a golem's creator is the master of the art, but often the individual who desires a golem must enlist master artisans to do the work. After constructing the body from clay, flesh, iron, or stone, the golem's creator infuses it with a spirit from the elemental plane of Earth. This tiny spark of life has no memory, personality, or history. It is simply the impetus to move and obey. This process binds the spirit to the artificial body and subjects it to the will of the golem's creator. Wait, so a flesh golem is the Earth elemental too? Pretty much, yeah. That, that, that seems weird to me. Well, it's not necessarily that it is an Earth Elemental, simply that it is animated by just a spark of magic, a spirit from the plane of Earth. The yeah, body is know. still going to be that flesh. That seems weird for a flesh golem, though. Well, what else would animate it in a D&D world? That is? Uh, soul of your enemy? I don't know. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, put a bookmark in that. We can talk about that when we get to the homebrew side later on. Yeah. Like, I, I picture Flesh Column as, like, necromancer stuff. Yeah, that actually is a kind of interesting thing to think about. But by rules as written, even a Flesh Golem, which, for people who don't have the picture handy, a Flesh Golem is Frankenstein. It is very, very obvious that Frankenstein is the basis of a Flesh Golem. 
it is a whole bunch of parts stitched together into a you know sizable creature that has an aversion to fire and can go berserk why does it need to be parts can you just use a like a dude who just died it's a vacant flesh body right i mean slap it's debatable because technically because a golem requires a large amount of time and magical resources to imbue into it like an argument can be made that what is happening is that you have to just like condense the flesh of multiple creatures just to have like the mass and the just base for the quantity of magic to animate as a goal or maybe you can as a dungeon master simply say okay there's this really really big dude that we killed let's animate it but there is a significant difference in a zombie and a flesh gold. So before I get too into the staff block side effects, there is one listed item that allows the creation of a golem. And this is a very rare magic item called the Manual of Golems. And it is a really hefty investment to create a single golem and you need to have a manual to create any single golem at least by the rules as written so very rare magic item this tome contains information at information and incantations necessary to make a particular type of golem to decipher and use the manual you must be a spellcaster with at least two fifth-level spell slots. A creature that can't use a manual of golems and attempts to read it takes 6d6 psychic damage. To create a golem, you have to spend amount of time, as shown on a table, working without interruption with the manual at hand and resting no more than eight hours a day. Must also pay the specified cost to purchase supplies. Once you finish creating the golem, the book is consumed in eldritch flames. The golem becomes animate when the ashes of the manual are sprinkled on it. It is under your control, and it understands and obeys your spoken commands. So the weakest of the uh, golems that exists... Well, actually, I'm curious. Do you know which is the weakest of the golems? Uh, I would imagine flesh. What yeah, was it? Not it being is indeed. a rock or a piece of iron or. Yeah. So what do you think is the gold and time investment required to make a single flesh golem? Hmm. Two days. 60. Six zero. Days? Si- yes. Two months. Jesus fuck. And the. How much gold do you think it takes in magical resources? 700. 50,000. <clears throat> so, yeah, the same as like the weakest of legendary magic items is what it takes to make a single flesh gold. Yeah. You, but... you know why they're the lowest, lowest uh, rated one? Because after 60 days, all that flesh is just falling apart. <laughs> well, I mean, that very well may be what part of the supplies is for, is to have it not decay in that time 
or maybe that's why you need so many damn corpses is that you could only like make a fun like a finger at a time like okay this is a animate finger that will now not rot and i finally got five to make the hand and you just got to build it like slice by slice up the body or make a magical refrigerator or something that would be a smart thing to do i mean to be fair there is the chest of preserving which is a cannot anyway that's uh tangential i apologize so the Random flesh golem, tangent never <laughs> always so a single flesh golem 50,000 gold and 60 days of effort however it is worse than that in terms of cost when you consider you must have the manual and the manual is also a very rare magic item so if you do go by xanathar rules and you consider that okay it takes 20,000 gold to make a very rare magic item. So you would need to spend at least, like, if you are able to make it yourself, it would cost 20,000 gold plus the 50,000 for the gold itself. That's rough. Now, it is a little bit odd to me that it is there's a really not that much variance. So Flesh Golem is the weakest. Can you tell me what is the strongest of the golems in the Manual of Golems? I'm guessing like an Iron Golem or something. Correct. Unless so, it's like an Adamantine Golem, maybe. Not in 5th edition, unfortunately. There used to be, and a lot of us miss it. But anyway, the Flesh Golem is a CR5 creature. Iron Golem, CR16. So with that in mind, guess what the cost difference is for the Flesh Golem to an Iron Golem creation? So Flesh Golem, 60 days, 50,000 gold. How much for an Iron? I'm going to guess half a million gold. Nope. It takes 120 days and 100,000 gold. So double the time and cost for a CR 16 compared to a CR 5. Not as much as I expected it to go up fucking right the scaling of this i went up like base 10 like (laughs) right because like that is a significant difference in power between a flesh golem and an iron golem so let's actually uh, go down the stat blocks for these two i am not going to go through the stats of all 16 types of golems because i don't think anyone except me wants three hour episodes so a flesh golem has only a 9 AC, but it does have 93 hit points. It is immune completely to lightning damage, poison damage, and non-magical bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing damage that isn't adamantine. It is also immune to charmed, exhaustion, frightened, paralyzed, petrified, and poisoned conditions. It also has dark vision up to 60 feet. So, oh, also, it is totally immune to any spell or effect that would alter its form. So it is immune to polymorph or anything along those lines. Also, it has a trait called lightning absorption that when it is subject to lightning damage, it takes no damage and instead regains hit points equal to the lightning damage dealt. So again, the flesh golem is the one that is based on Frankenstein. So this is literally... If, if your Frankenstein's monster gets electrocuted, it just heals from that lightning damage dealt. 
and I really do kind of appreciate the kind of, you know, uh, what's this phrase? Uh, cinematography alignment, like how, it, how well it lines up with the idea of Frankenstein's monster. I really appreciate that. Anyway, so yeah, so 9 AC, 93 hit points, immune to a whole bunch of shit, immune to all kinds of conditions. Lightning heals it, and it has a two-attack multi-attack that deals 2d8 plus 4 bludgeoning damage. That is a lot. On the downside, though, it does have an aversion to fire, which again, Frankenstein's monster. If it takes fire damage, it has disadvantage on attack rolls and ability checks until the end of its next turn. But then the most dangerous aspect of it which is the potential to go berserk. Whenever the golem starts his turn with 40 hit points or less, you roll a d6. On a 6, it goes berserk, where it will attack the nearest creature it can see. If no creature is near enough, it attacks an object with preference for things smaller than itself. Once it goes berserk, it will continue to do so until it is destroyed or regains all its hit points. The golem's creator, if within 60 feet, can try to calm it down with a DC 15 persuasion check. If that check succeeds, then it also will cease to be berserk. But if it goes below 40 hit points again, it can go berserk again. So again, they are really freaking leaning into the Frankenstein imagery here. But at the same time, it's pretty goddamn cool. However, can you tell me a rather unfortunate downside to the flesh golem uh you mean besides the fire issue that's one right uh, there's a few correct answers i would imagine they're not very fast actually they've got a 30 foot speed so really? average low dex fast or slow it does have a dex of nine so that's why it only has a nine ac is that it does have that negative one dex penalty. Hmm. But it is relatively squishy. Considering how goddamn expensive this thing is, that is really, really squishy. Like, yeah, 93 hit points is significant, but it is very easy to hit. And if it does, you know, go berserk, or even if it doesn't go berserk, it still is relatively easy to take down. So even though it is, again, that decent hit points, it really isn't a great tank. Uh, you did mention the possibility of using golems as guards, though, and it does actually have a few. Uh, so to go back after a lot of tangents, uh, I mentioned in the description that there's also a few details in the description. So it also has a few other things listed there. Ageless Guardian. Golems can guard sacred sites, tombs, treasure vaults, long after the deaths of their creators, carrying out their appointed tasks for all eternity, while brushing off physical damage and ignoring all but the most potent spells. A golem can be created with a special amulet or other item that allows the possessor of the item to control the golem. Golems whose creators are long dead can thus be harnessed to serve a new master. That's fucking awesome. But there is absolutely no description 
in any golem stat box to actually talk about how that item works or how one might make use of such a thing. But it is, rules as written here, that it is possible for such to exist. Blind Obedience. When its creator or possessor is on hand to command it, a golem performs flawlessly. If the golem is left without instructions or is incapacitated, it continues to follow its last orders to the best of its ability. When it can't fulfill its orders, a golem might react violently or stand and do nothing. A golem that's been given conflicting orders sometimes alternates between them. A golem can't think or act for itself. Though it understands its commands perfectly, it has no grasp of language beyond that understanding and can't be reasoned with or tricked with words. Also, constructed nature, a golem doesn't require air, food, drink, or sleep. So there are a lot of fun things that you can do by making use of golems. Making use of them as guards that don't need to eat, drink, sleep, or breathe? That is fantastically helpful, so you don't need to worry about shifts, you don't need to worry about feeding them, you don't need to worry about betrayal, because it literally can't. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So having a golem in general is awesome. But I'll be honest, the rules as written for the pricing pisses me off. Because a flesh golem is pretty good, but it's not 70,000 gold good if you consider, you know, the 50k plus the 20k for the manual at a minimum. But then let's move on to the iron golem. So yeah, twice as expensive, twice as long to make, but an iron golem is a tough fucker. So first things first, the iron golem is large compared to the flesh golem's medium. A natural armor of 20 AC. 210 hit points with a speed of 30 feet. And it is immune to fire, poison, psychic, and non-magical bludgeoning, piercing, and slashing attacks that aren't adamantium. Also, Charmed, Exhaustion, Frightened, Paralyzed, Petrified, and Poisoned will not be affected. 120 feet of dark vision. Now, 
something that immediately separates the iron golem from the flesh and i mean most of the rest honestly it does not have any potential weakness in going berserk it does not have any kind of weakness to fire in fact it has fire absorption when the iron golem is subjected to fire damage it takes no damage and instead regains hit points equal to the fire damage dealt. So if you have Firebolt, Fireball, real goddamn commonly used spells, that is only going to heal the Iron Golem. And considering that it has 210 hit points to get through anyway, that is dangerous as shit. But wait, there's more. It also has the immutable form, which makes it immune to things that would alter its form. But it also has magic resistance. So it has advantage on all saving throws against spells and other magical effects. <sighs> also, its weapon attacks are magical. And I say weapon and not just regular attacks because it has a big fuck off sword. Also, it does have multi attack. So it can make two melee attacks every turn. So it could either slam to just deal 3d8 plus 7 bludgeoning damage, or make use of its fucking massive sword with a 10-foot reach to deal 3d10 plus 7 slashing damage. Again, multi-attack, so potentially twice. And as if that fucking wasn't enough, it has one more option. Poison Breath with a recharge of 6. Do you know how recharge abilities work, Mitch? Uh, you roll or whatever to see if you get it back, right? Yes. So you, the creature will start with the ability able to be used, so it can just use this poison breath. But then at the start of following turns, if it gets a six on a d6 recharge roll, it will have the ability again to be used, which is dangerous as shit, considering that this poison breath is a 15-foot cone, so not a particularly large area, but it is a DC 19 con save, or else take 10 D8 poison damage on a failed save, and half even if they do succeed on the save. So 10 D8, and even on a save, they are still going to take half. And because it is a con save, and not a dex save, that means that something like a barbarian's ability to dodge, something, anything like a rogue's evasion ability that helps on dexterity saving throws, do not fucking matter when it comes to this poison breath. It will simply blast that 15-foot cone for a good chunk of poison damage. So this fucker is dangerous and powerful. It deserves that CR 16. 20 AC, 210 hit points, damage, poison breath, magic fucking resistance, damage immunities, healing from any fire damage dealt. Yeah, the Iron Golem very much deserves its place at the top of the food chain when it does come to golems. And if you consider the fact that an Iron Golem is 120,000 gold to create, if you consider, again, 100,000 to make and the 20,000 for the manual itself. Again, assuming that you're making it yourself. 120,000 for the iron golem compared to the 70,000 of the flesh golem 
It is no fucking contest between them. Now, can you think of any ways to make an iron golem even more dangerous just by clever situation? Give it armor. Uh, it is armor, so Give I would more say. armor. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, you could definitely homebrew more to it or give it something like a bracers of defense if you really want to kind of finagle things. But again, to me, it's the fire absorption. Shield. It's the fire absorption that catches my attention. How dangerous would an iron golem be if it was the bodyguard or companion of some sort of a red dragon? So a red dragon could just be spewing its fire breath all over the place and not care about its ally in the blast because the iron golem would just get healed for that massive fuckton amount of damage dealt by the dragon's fire breath. So an iron golem paired with a red dragon is terrifyingly effective. Or on the, you know, less terrifying side of things, like, there are canonical traps that do just regularly blast fire damage. So if you just had a small room with an iron golem and a fire trap, so that is constant fire damage, having to deal with the golem, and the fire damage is healing the golem. So again, it is not hard to have just clever individuals make use of that property of an iron golem. Like, hell, you could just have a wizard that has an iron golem and just have the, have the wizard just favor fire spells. So have the wizard just use, you know, wall of fire, fireball, have the wizard just using fire spells because it doesn't need to worry about its ally because the fire fucking heals it. Or give the golem items that lets it use fire. Yeah, honestly, that's a not that's a pretty good idea, too. If you just have it like give it like alchemist fire and just it just hits itself with it. So then it just is regenerating a small amount of damage every turn instead of burning yeah that would absolutely work too or just have like a scroll with any of the types of you know lingering fire spells like wall of fire like anything that does just last a while then yeah you just program the golem just if a fight starts throw this down and then just combat resumes and it's it's just hard to deal with. Like, what level party do you think would actually be able to effectively deal with just an Iron Golem, not including any of the difficult situations? Well, you said it's a CR 16, so uh-huh. in theory, a level 16 party, right? Yeah, and that's, that really is something to think about, though. Like, this is a single... Cr- a single golem that can be created by any spellcaster that has two fifth level spell slots, and this thing can potentially deal with a 16th level party. That's fucking nuts. And then throw in two of them. And... Uh, I mean, that just gets a lot at that point. So just for curiosity's sake, do you happen to know what level a magic user would have to be to have two fifth level spell slots? Assuming a full caster like a wizard. Uh, was that like 14 or something like that? 10. A 10th level magic user will have two 5th level spell slots. Which is interesting, because that means if you do just have a magic user, they only need to be 10th level and extraordinarily wealthy to have the capacity to build an iron golem. 
So a 10th level character somewhere in the world might have the potential to build this thing that can deal with a 16th level party. And I just think that that's an interesting thing to consider because god damn, like iron golems are so dangerous that I really would enjoy seeing more of them just out and about in the world because they are such a powerful thing that it's just, it's interesting to me just to just imagine there being some, just a you know, handful of wizards in the world that are able to just make these things. And it just doesn't really happen a whole lot. Like, you just really don't see golems a lot in most D&D games. And I really do think that that's kind of unfortunate because they're powerful and interesting. Well, it's a good thing we talked about taking out loans because that's what my wizard's going to do someday. <laughs> I need like, a loan oh, of 100,000 gold. Hundred, Well, 120. Whatever. Yeah, unless you somehow find the manual and just are extraordinarily lucky. Yeah. Well, how do we know you're going to get a return on your investment? Don't you worry about that. I mean, honestly, if you were willing to just promise like your first golem to the one giving you the loan, I mean... That'd be a pretty good return on investment because it's not something that you can just buy off the street normally. So if you were to just like get a loan and just say like in four months, I will give you an, a fucking iron golem with an amulet to keep it under your control. That's a good fucking deal, honestly. First rule of selling magical warriors like that. Always have something that lets you override their commands. Uh-huh. Well, honestly, that's Just in case they use it on you. That's a kind of fun detail, though, because it does mention, you know, the possibility of the amulet and such, but it doesn't say that they stop obeying the original owner, or the creator, rather. It does actually mention that a golem can have conflicting orders and that it might, you know, react violently or do nothing. But... I just think that that's actually pretty interesting because how, as a DM, like there's no rules as written here as to how to resolve that situation. Would it be like opposed persuasion checks? Would it you just as a DM rule that in your world, the creator automatically has supremacy in terms of control? Like there, that would be up to DM because there isn't anything in rules as written about how that might resolve. So that does give a DM some creative room to play uh just for funsies before we get into the homebrew side of things i do just want to kind of go down the list real quick just to give an idea of the types of golems that exist i'm not going to go through the full stat blocks though just to mention that there are these other options so i'm going to go in cr order here so a cr1 the damaged flesh golem cr3 a reduced threat flesh golem also three snow golem Five, a the full flesh golem. Also five, a lightning golem. Six, reduced threat clay golem. Seven, reduced threat stone golem. Eight, a fiendish flesh golem. Nine, clay golem. Ten, crystal golem. Also ten, hammer-handed golem. Also, also ten, a headless iron golem. Also, also, also ten the stone golem, 12, a mad golem, 13, canopic golem, and 16, the iron golem. 
So there is a massive amount of variables here and just different power levels of golems that might exist. But in the manual of golems, that only lists the clay golem, flesh golem, iron golem, and stone golem. So the creation of the other varieties is something that a DM can full-on make up for whatever suits their world. Like, say, a magical hat on a snow golem. What? Oh, Frosty damn it. Snowman. That took, yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> I, I got there. It just took me two seconds. Ah, dude. <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. If, it, if Frosty the Snowman was actually CR3, that'd be pretty scary. Because that is still not insignificant in terms of, like, against commoners, that would slaughter quite a number. Anyway. So now let's think more about the homebrew side of things. So, okay, you mentioned the idea of the snow golem being Frosty the Snowman. So that very well may be, like, maybe some small child accidentally gets either the control hat or just gets attuned to the golem somehow, however you as a DM want to discuss it, and then you have this powerful snow golem just under the control of this small child. That could actually be a kind of interesting story. Like, that might very well be like a one-shot option that I'm kind of writing in my head now that I said that out loud. Uh, I might do that next Dragon Con. That seems like that would be fun. Anyway. A Christmas campaign. <laughs> yeah, something like that. So, on the unfortunate side, the Iron Golem is the strongest one. And I say unfortunate because it is a relatively known fact at this point in time that the designers of 5th edition D&D don't want to build a whole lot of epic level campaign or monsters or they they just don't care as much about the higher levels which is unfortunate so you joked about it earlier so what would be some potential options for higher than CR16 golems adamantine avi adamantine that would be goddamn terrifying do you happen to remember the effect of adamantine armor the magic item no i've never had the pleasure (laughs) any critical hit becomes a regular hit so an adamantine golem it'd be real goddamn logical to me to include that trait then where you just make it so any critical hit becomes a regular hit So if you just beef up an Iron Golem, then also give it immunity to critical hits, that is still pretty goddamn terrifying. So you could still just boost up its AC, boost up its hit points yet more, maybe give it an additional damage immunity. Like, let's say, in addition to the others that the Iron Golem has, you add Lightning as well. Because Fire and Lightning probably are the go-to pair of damage types for most adventurers so if you have an adamantine golem that is full on immune to fire and lightning good god is that dangerous but in addition to that if you say okay give it fire absorption and lightning absorption from the flesh golem yeah it's really easy to make an adamantine golem be just an overpowered just behemoth of a golem and honestly i consider that to be a pro more than a con 
Because if you have someone with the resources necessary to make an adamantine golem, it should be damn near impossible to destroy without exceptional circumstances or planning or a goddamn army. And it's just a fun thing to think about, because could you just imagine having an adamantine golem just rampaging just through a goddamn city? Like, what? Like, how would you stop an adamantine golem? With another adamantine golem. <laughs> I basically just have a kaiju fight in the middle of a city. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, that'd be fucking awesome. Actually, come to think of it, that'd be an interesting thing to just describe as an event that happens, because that is the kind of thing that would squash most adventurers, not just commoners. If you had two such creatures going at each other like that. So imagine then if you do just have some city where you have like a, a low level party and that's just a thing that is happening around them. And then you just do something like a skill check challenge to just have them get the fuck out of there. Because it, it would be an interesting way for a DM to just introduce the idea. There is shit in the world that you are not ready to fight. And it is very important that you, the players, and you, the characters, understand there are things you should not fight and should not even fucking stand near or you will die. And that type of world building the idea that golems can be used as guards but they can be used for so much more just for the sake of world building and just a fun thing to exist in a D&D world thanks for listening to this episode of riffs and rules please leave us a review and give us five stars on itunes also support us on patreon at patreon.com slash podcast Tiers start as low as a dollar, and even that much really helps us out. Supporters get benefits such as behind-the-scenes content, early access to episodes, access to a monthly hangout where you'll be able to chat with the cast, and even input on Rifts and Rules topics. Find us on social media on Twitter, at Riftwake Podcast, on Facebook as Riftwake, and you can send us an email, riftsandrules at gmail.com. That's riffs, A-N-D, rules at gmail.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.